You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingInews.com. Here we roll on. We have a new series that we've started here. We're keeping you up to date and in the know here as we prepare for our drafts. Uh, we're going to have another mock draft as we get closer, August, September, around the corner when you're going to do this for real. And then we have July training camp. We just finished our Slow play mock draft analysis. You can check out those episodes if you missed that. And then on the previous show, we did a look at the fourth-year potential breakout candidates. We ranked the top ten. And now we're going to do the same drill here with the third-year players. So looking at players from the 2019 draft that have been okay fantasy assets or lesser and going to really break out. So we'll dive into those guys in a moment here. We'll count backwards 10 to 1 so go all the way down to our favorite uh, most reliable sleeper from the third year players in the NFL for fantasy football in 2021 I do have to tell you off the top that make sure you're checking out all the great shows here on the network they're getting you ready for the season and training camp just around the corner here team by team podcast as well as Peacock and Williamson with uh, the analysis of Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson Check out all these shows. We'll be going daily here pretty soon when training camp is there. So a little bit of a slower time here, but we know the NFL is going to heat up. So get in on the network now. and Follow your favorite team or check out Peacock and Williamson here on the network. All right, let us uh, dive into these players in a moment. We'll count 10 to 1. So 10 being guy that we want to put on our list, but one, the highest guy on our radar. Now, we will exclude some players from this exercise that have clearly already done their thing and have arrived here. So, at quarterback, we know Kyler Murray's already on the scene. He's a QB1. He was the first overall pick in the 2019 draft, so he's good to go. Josh Jacobs has had his moments here with the Raiders. He's going to have to share with Kenyon Drake, but he has been a pretty good player in fantasy football, so he's kind of been there already. And we know two wide receivers, both from the same college, Old Miss, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. They've done massive things in the NFL. Brown for the Titans, Metcalf for the Seahawks. They already had their big breakouts there last season. And one more player I'll mention pretty much on everyone's list here as a solid higher-end tight end one. That's T.J. Hawkinson of the Lions after a big uh, year two there for Detroit. So... Those five players we'll exclude from this exercise. Uh, we just had to make that clear. So we'll focus on the 10 guys that we want to look at elsewhere that haven't quite become those same type of performers in fantasy football. Number 10, making the list, is a guy that went after Kyler Murray in the draft. No, it's not Dwayne Haskins. Spoiler alert. It is Daniel Jones at number 10 at uh, quarterback 2 with some upside here. The giant signal caller. Now let's look at uh, why we think Daniel Jones is special. We know he's got the athleticism. He can run and make some plays that way. And he's done well getting his feet wet in the NFL there. But we know there's a lot left on the table here with Daniel Jones. Part of it is the supporting cast 
hasn't been all that reliable here for the pick. And there are a lot of question marks about this pick still going to year three. But look at Daniel Jones from his first two years. Started uh, 12 games there in 2019. 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Looked pretty good on track, but last year fell to 11 and 10 there for Daniel Jones passing-wise. Now let's look at what he did on the ground. Still not as much as you would think. He bumped it up from 279 rushing yards as a rookie to 423 and playing a few more games. Only three total touchdowns on the ground. So not as much of a rushing presence as you might think, just being an athletic quarterback. But part of it is this offense in general has been all that good. And we know a big part of that is Saquon Barkley not being around. But they've looked at the offensive line, have worked to get that special with the Giants. So there's that to look at here to better protect him. Barkley, just having that presence of the running game. You have Devontae Booker backing up Barkley. But we know what they did at wide receiver. They got Kenny Galladay. There And they drafted Kadarius Toney, a nice receiver that you can put in the mix here with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. You have Evan Ingram now helped by Kyle Rudolph at tight end. So you're deep at tight end. You're deep at wide receiver. You've upgraded. You have a clear outside number one in Galladay now that they invested in. And your offensive line still a work in progress, but Nate Solder's still there. And uh, I think it'll get better. They find a place for Andrew Thomas to be a little bit more consistent than he was. Therefore, the Giants. So we look at this. Everything is there for Daniel Jones to improve. And I think the Giants are also expecting this. They need the results here. The clock is ticking on Daniel Jones. It's already been over for Haskins. Murray's already showed that he belongs in the NFL. But Daniel Jones, they've got only Mike Glennon and Clayton Thorson behind him at this point going into camp. So a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones to deliver here. Given all the weaponry coming back, the weaponry that's been upgraded, and just overall looking to turn the corner because I think when you look at the Giants with their rebuilding defense some of the pieces they have on offense they're a bit of a sleeper here to steal the weak NFC East so a lot of reality could come into playing where Daniel Jones is an asset in fantasy number nine that we got to uh, go out to Baltimore to find our number nine sleeper here and uh we actually have to go to Hollywood, too, because it's Marquise Brown, the wide receiver for the Ravens. Now, the Ravens invested quite a bit here at wide receiver in the offseason with two key draft picks, as well as uh, adding Sammy Watkins, the former chief. So they added a first-round pick in Rashad Bateman. Tylen Wallace is there in the mix. That goes with Devin DuVernay, Miles Boykin, James Prochet, Jalen Moore still around, Deion Kane they signed off. So they have quite a bit of depth here for Lamar Jackson beyond uh, what we have with Mark Andrews and that connection at tight end. You know, he's pretty special there. Now, let's look at Hollywood's two seasons. Uh, there was a perception that Hollywood had some regression last year, but he really came on strong late in the season. Take his rookie year, had that big game to start his career against Miami, cooled off after that. He was a big play waiting to happen. But really, there's some surprising stats with Mar Marquise Brown. 46 catches, 584, and 71 targets, and 7 TDs as a rookie. He got 100 targets last year. 58 of those were caught for 769 and 8 TDs. So not bad. He was a usable wide receiver 3 in certain situations. His catch rate dropped to 58%. But part of that was Lamar had a bit of an offseason. And you look at it, he played all 16 games. So that was good for Hollywood Brown as well. Now, 
he was getting upset. He wasn't getting the ball. They really tried to get him involved down the stretch. That's really where he made a lot of his hay for fantasy football. So now you figure with all these other weapons, maybe Marquise as a first-round pick will kind of play off that and get noticed to say, look, Rashad Bateman is also a first-round pick. I got to really do some things here. So Bateman is a good complimentary big target possession type receiver here. And we know Brown is known for being a field stretcher. So kind of really disappointing. He's been miscast. That's why you see the yards per reception so far 13.0 in his career, which would surprise some people because he's the home run hitter. That's where the Ravens need to use him more as. Try to get a little bit higher end Deshaun Jackson-like production when Deshaun Jackson was on for his various teams. So Hollywood Brown certainly is someone that is in a good position to succeed. Wide receiver three there, Daniel Jones, more of a QB two that uh, you'd look at with some upside. But Hollywood Brown, we wanted him coming his own as a reliable wide receiver three. And they're certainly having the other targets there to uh, deflect gives him an opportunity. The number eight guy that we look at on the list is Noah Fant, the tight end of the Broncos, he's another first-round pick, so three first-round picks that we were expecting more out of. Rookie year, he played all 16, caught 40 catches, 562 on 66 targets, three TDs. Last year, his targets bumped up all the way to 93, caught 62 for 673 and three. So the yardage was about the same, the touchdown was exactly the same, but the catch rate bumped up to 66.7% there last year. His yards per reception went down from 14.1 to 10.9, but he's got to be a key factor in this offense, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater playing off Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. These are basically your three top targets, however you slice it, for the Broncos between Sutton, Judy, and Fant. So if Sutton's presence, big player guy, Judy can go inside-outside in the slot, those guys are really going to help Noah Fant and the scheme him open here for the Broncos. So... Yet Fant has a lot of talent, very athletic, can stretch the field. They need some consistency here. So really what we're looking for is Fant to turn those TD numbers to maybe 6, 7 in that range to really feel good about him as a tight end. So that would change the perspective a little bit. And then maybe bump those numbers to 700, 800 yards in that range here to feel good about that breakout. And again, once you get past maybe the top half of tight ends, there's some question marks, but Fant certainly can fill the gap there and round out as a back-end uh, tight end one with some upside here. So no fan has an opportunity again. Security blanket ultimately. Sutton not being there really hurt him after one game uh, towards ACL there, the top wide receiver. So again, Fant should uh, be in a good position to rebound here as the, no question, uh, kind of third cog in this offense right there with Sutton and Judy. All right, there's three sleepers. We'll get to four more, and then three final ones, our top three in our last segment on the show, but before we do that, I got to tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We know that the All Star break is coming up next week. We know it's going to get even hotter when the temperatures go up in July and August as we go to the pennant run. You can track all the action at Bet Online, and again, it's also finals time here. Get in on the Stanley Cup finals before it's too late with the Lightning and Canadians, and we know we've just completed game one between the Suns and the Bucks in the NBA Finals. So a lot of good stuff to get in on the action now as we wait for NFL futures and props. Get all the latest news and odds for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action before 
the next games, head over to BetOnline or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Is this your chance to get in on the games as the playoffs end here in hoops and hockey and baseball season continues and NFL preseason is just about to happen? Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we'll be right back here to reveal our third-year sleepers at number seven through number four. All right, so we got through uh, a quarterback, Daniel Jones, first-round pick, Marquise Brown, a wide receiver, Hollywood, and a tight end, no fan. So we need to talk about a running back, I think. We think we're due for a running back here as we try to identify the best potential third-year breakout candidates in the NFL. And Damian Harris comes up of the Patriots. So Damian Harris, there's been some things we really liked about him. He came in in between the Raiders uh, looking at Ken, Kenny Drake there now and uh, Josh Jacobs, those backs there that came out of Alabama. And then you had Najee Harris. So Damian Harris kind of sandwiched in between those guys here, Drake passed the torch to Jacobs, and then you have Harris, who looks like a can't-miss first-rounder here for the Steelers. Damian Harris is trying to find his way still in the NFL. Had an injury washout there in his rookie year in 2019. Last year, 10 games, started all of those as a power back, 691 yards, two rushing TEDs there. He only had uh, five receptions here for 52 yards, but they certainly... We're trying to use him a little bit more. He averaged 5.0 yards per carry, so that's a good sign. The question mark is how do the Patriots use him here and how much do you trust their overall offense with either Cam Newton or Mac Jones, the quarterback? Well, Cam Newton means they'll be more run-centric. Mac Jones, I think, would also mean they're more run-centric, but at least you have the threat of Newton out of the backfield running that helps Harris. But Sonny Michel, we know, is fading. He's a player that had his time but a limited power back. Harris is a little bit more complete. James White is still hanging around there as a pass-catching back for either Newton or Jones, so still well beyond Tom Brady's time in New England. Ramondre Stevenson was also the rookie they brought in. So they have some depth that they said goodbye to Rex Burkhead here, and he was kind of a swing man that they could put in. Harris, again, capable of catching passes, but can really handle the early downs. So Sonny Michels had been injury-riddled as well. Harris is trying to overcome that so he can stay healthy and durable. So... Again, with the Patriots, it's always hard because White is always going to lock down that pass-catching role. He's back here in the mix. If he was gone, we'd be talking about Damian Harris in a whole different way as a potential RB2 here. But Patriots backfield, one of the hardest things to trust in fantasy football here. But you kind of need some attrition here. Michelle can provide that. White, we know what his role is capped at. And Stevenson, we'll see if he can do more. But they're hoping for bigger things from Damian Harris. They need to lean on the running game a lot. They now have two high-quality tight ends that they acquired in free agency, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. So you expect a lot of 12 personnel, maybe using the fullbacks when they need it there. The offensive line should be in better shape. So this should be a very strong running team, and that should be the core of what the Patriots do. So you'll get the 11 personnel to three wides, but I think you'll also see 12 where you have two pretty good blocking tight ends to help that pretty good run-blocking line. So Damon Harris, again, you can't invest a lot because it's Patriots backfield. He's not going to catch a lot of passes, but can he eke out a Sonny Michelle-like season, get 
maybe double digit touchdowns, eight to touchdown, eight to ten touchdowns, and a little bit more than thousand yards from scrimmage. Certainly, so he's on the radar here. Damian Harris, number seven, third year sleeper. We go to number six, and we really like this guy here. If you're hurting a tight end, looking for value, you have to go to Irv Smith Jr. of the Vikings. So our second tight end, and we like him more than Noah Fant. So that says something here. And Irv was not the same level of pick as Fant. So, again, I like Irv to be what TJ Hawkinson was here, just in terms of a very good blocker, came in his own as a receiver when needed. And the biggest thing was moving Kyle Rudolph. He needed to get out of Kyle Rudolph's shadow because it's a team that's still probably going to use a lot of 12 personnel with their two tight ends. Now your backup is uh, Tyler Conklin, so we'll see how much they use him. He's not Rudolph, but numbers over the first two seasons here for uh, Irv Smith. He played 16 games as a rookie, 36 catches, 311 yards, and two TDs. Last year, only played 13 games, but caught 30 balls on 43 targets, so very efficient, near 70 Last year, well above 70 as a rookie with his catch rate, 365 yards and 5 TDs. So the TDs are trending in the right direction. If he gets more tension, especially with Rudolph gone, you don't have a lot behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in the receiving core. So he should be a key third target. He's very athletic. Another Alabama product. So back-to-back Alabama products we're talking about. Good complete tight end. A little bit uh, O.J. Howard in him, but I think he's got a little bit more athleticism. Maybe not as big as the dominant as the blocker, but I think he can hold his own here. But yeah, 30 for 365 and 5 isn't too bad in a limited role there, sharing time with Rudolph. So we're not going to expect him to take all of Rudolph's production there, but there's quite a bit of vacated uh, production from Rudolph that you have to think about that Tyler Conklin and anyone else is not going to pick up here. So consider this for Rudolph. What he did last year, not a lot because he was hurt for four games, but 28 catches, 334 and one. So if you add a good chunk of that to Irv Smith's uh, resume, he can maybe push for 60 catches here for sure with that ability. He can uh, get to that maybe 700 uh, mark that we're looking for in receiving yards and then 68 touchdowns. So again, a little bit more upside than Fant because again, Fant has to share with quite a few weapons here. There, it's not as a reliable of an offense there in Denver versus Minnesota, where you know Kirk Cousins isn't going to get Irv Smith the ball. But yeah, so Irv Smith comes in at number six here with our third year sleepers. The number five guy is Debo Samuel. Yep, we go back to wide receiver here. I think Debo, you look at his playing style, I think he is built to be awesome in that offense. I think you look at Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, very interchangeable style of players, make things happen after the catch. Look at what he was doing as a rookie, 15 games, 802 receiving yards and three, he had a big Super Bowl there against the Chiefs, then with all the injuries last year, that's the only real question mark with Debo Samuel, but if he's out there, he can be a beast, so look at last year, he played in seven games, he caught uh, 33 balls on 44 targets, good catch rate of over 70%. 11.8, but they had some issues there at quarterback as well that you have to factor in that are not going to be there either with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and passing the torch here to Trey Lance. So 8.02 and 3 had a lot of promise there in 15 games, and he was not fully used there that season. You look at it last year, it would have uh, kind of projected to the same day a little bit more. If you doubled it out here with the 391 over the seven games, he would have been well over 800 and surpassed that and been in a good position to have five or six touchdowns. So Debo, Brandon Ayuk, it's a little bit hard to weigh there. 
it's pretty much Ayuk, Samuel, and George Kittle are the three key targets for either Garoppolo or Trey Lance. But I love Debo Samuel. He just has to stay healthy to really take advantage of his special skill set here in the NFL. The next player we'll look at, and uh, this one is interesting to me because there's some competition on his own team for key targets here. But I think he's the best receiver of the three all round at this point for the Steelers. And we knew that it was heading this way because he's got the skill set of Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders and the young receivers that they turned into special players not too long into their 20s. He is Deontay Johnson. Now look at the year that Deontay had last year. I think he was on the verge of being what you would call a breakout player, but the injuries kind of saddled him a little bit. He had 88 catches. That's healthy. 144 targets, 923 yards, and 17 So pretty solid given he was handling Chase Claypool in the big plays and touchdowns there. Juju Smith-Schuster with the high volume. But pretty much this is going to be a three-wide-out team playing off the running game. Deontay is the best of these players there, for sure. I mean, he can play inside or outside. He's got a little bit more juice than Juju. Good possession receiver, reliable. I think his yards for reception can go up. A full season here with Ben Roethlisberger, again, should help. But Deontay, I think, is their best receiver. If he can stay on the field, watch out here there for a big season, going definitely over 1,000 yards. The seven TDs we like, so we want to keep that, but he could also push here for three digits and receptions and get up there. So Deontay Johnson, a little bit of a kind of a free space, I would say, because he's on the verge of breaking out. But again, that's why we trust him a little bit more than Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood was number nine on our list, and Deontay Johnson comes at number four. So we need to reveal the top three. So think about it. Who would be left on our list that wasn't already a breakout player we mentioned from the top, wasn't already one of the players we mentioned here on the show? We'll do that for a moment. Uh, while you do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And you got to get in now on, on Built Bar because there's a limited time flavor you have to have. It's Grasshopper Cookie. It is amazing. There is a bar. This is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories, so pretty solid for you. 17 grams protein, only 5 grams sugar. And of course, Grasshopper Cookie is a special flavor, but... Take a look at their core other flavors here that you can get all the time. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. The only way to decide what your favorite is is to get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. So check it out and also make sure you get your grasshopper cookies as well with uh, Built Bar. So check it out uh, with Built Bar. You're getting the best tasting protein bar, but you're also getting... A healthy protein bar. 17-18 grams protein in every bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 with each bar. Only 4 to 5 grams sugar. Only 4 to 5 grams net carbs with each built bars. All the flavors are amazing. All tasty. All healthy. Get in on grasshopper cookie now before they're gone or whatever you like here at Built Bar. So just use the promo code Locked On, and you know that uh, you're going to get the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So that's pretty cool that when you have a built bar, you're training like the top athletes in our country are as they head over to the Olympics here this month. Go to built.com and use the promo code locked on. You get 15% off your order. Use the promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. All right, we'll be right back here to reveal our top three most reliable third year breakout candidates 
here for 2021 fantasy football. All right, uh, so uh, you can have a drum roll in your head here uh, to decide who the top three are, but we will reveal number three in our third-year sleeper breakout, so however you want to classify them here. So the answer we're going with on this is Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins. Now, Gaskin did have his moments last year. He had 972 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns, but he only played in 10 games, so... That kind of limited. I think he would have already been a breakout player had he played in all 16. But the injury certainly was a bit of a factor. They didn't really go out and try to upgrade much in the backfield here in Miami. So 584 and 3 on the ground. Only 4.1 yards per carry. So you can improve on that. But the key part of his game, he got 41 and 47 targets for 388 yards and 2 scores. So if we take a look at the Dolphins' depth chart, I mean, again, they were probably tempted to maybe go after a back, but Miles Gaskin was pretty good. So instead, they go get Malcolm Brown there of the Rams. He's a pretty reliable backup behind Todd Gurley and now other players. They all still have Salvin Ahmed, who was a good sub for Gaskin. But Gaskin, year three, we'll see what opportunities he gets, but he has a chance now on the top of the depth chart to be the main guy here. So, again, 972 and 5 is pretty good. We know he had some pretty good RB2 value, but we're hoping that he gets a big enough role where he can turn the corner into RB1. But Miles Gaskin, certainly you can rely on him right now in this situation. Mark, Malcolm Brown is more of a journeyman. Salvin Ahmed doesn't have a big draft pedigree in that sense. I mean, Miles Gaskin himself doesn't have a big pedigree here for the Dolphins as a seventh-round pick, but he's really worked hard, impressed, and uh, good old all-around back here for the Dolphins. And a good choice here for our number three breakout player among third-year players in the NFL. The next one, kind of a breakout, but I think maybe people are sleeping on him under the radar a little bit on how good he is. He was really hyped up as a rookie, kind of disappointed when he had uh, 1,074 yards and seven TDs. That's not a slouchy number by far, but we expect a lot more. He was just very inefficient. It was 3.7 yards per carry, not a lot there. But last year, he really turned it down, down the stretch. He was a big reason they got in the playoffs, why their offense was good in the last couple months. It is David Montgomery. He exact rushing yards, to rushing attempts, I should say, from his rookie year to the next year, 242 to 247. But he bumped it up to 1,070 yards just rushing in eight TDs. But the biggest thing, without Tariq Cohen... He was a big part of the receiving game as well with all their quarterbacks, uh, well, mainly Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. 54 catches on 68 targets, 438 yards, 2 TDs. So that was a big way to pad his numbers here. Monty was pretty solid here for the Bears. They upgraded their offensive line, but clearly it's hard to rely on Tarek Cohen as a gadget player. You have uh, Bill Lazor in to figure out things with Andy Dalton, so maybe you have a little bit more running stability, lean on the running game more with Dalton. Or Justin Fields, if he's in there, you get the running ability of the quarterback that can play into and help uh, your running back in Montgomery. So Montgomery was pretty solid last year. You can't uh, deny that 15.08 and 10, but if you want to look at the big breakout where he could finish in a potential top five, and sometimes you have to look at that and just go for the fences here in terms of what a player can produce, you're certainly going there. So David Montgomery, an excellent uh, guy like Miles Gaskin that can make the turn here to just a really reliable force with a high volume of touches, even with some changes around him and Cohen coming back in the Bears' backfield. 
Now, some would say this player has already broken out. He's had two good seasons, but I don't think he's had spectacular seasons yet. And part of it is that uh, he's been limited in his kind of his overall health and usage here. The quarterback situation hasn't helped. So let's uh, maybe play the guessing game. As a rookie, he played in 14 games, caught 58 balls for 919 yards and 7 TDs with a catch rate of 62.4. Last year, he upped it up to 15 games, 134 targets, so naturally good big spike in targets there. Caught 87 balls, 1,118 yards, and 4 TDs. So the TDs really dropped, but again, this offense was going through a transition, working through the quarterbacks. Who is this player? It is Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. Formula One. Whatever you want to call him. Terry McLaurin, I think, is overdue for this big third year. And we know wide receivers in third year situations usually do it. McLaurin has showed plenty here. But he doesn't like the nickname Scary Terry. But we hope he's scary. And that means awesome for us in fantasy football. The Ohio State product. He's now teamed up with his old buddy, Curtis Samuel, so he's going to be happy about that. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. He gets the ball in the hands of the primary playmaker. So, Scary Terry is that playmaker. He's got Samuel to help him. He's got Logan Thomas also to attract some coverage. Antonio Gibson in the running game out of the backfield. Still pretty good offensive line. 6-0-2-10. Again, not the traditional big size as a wide receiver, but he can do everything on the field. I thought he was a great sleeper coming out of Ohio State with the speed. Very underrated there. Caught 15.8 yards per reception as a rookie, 12.9. So I think he can go around 15 or 16 now, make the big plays. If he can combine a little bit of what we saw, the big playability and the touchdowns from 2019 with the efficiency and volume of 2020, you're looking at a stud among studs at wide receiver and a guy that... Right now, he's a borderline top 12 player, but I think he could be top 5 to top 10 at the position. So not too much there, but I think this is the year that Terry McLaurin turns the corner and hits the ceiling. Everything points to that, and I don't think you reject that opportunity here. All right, so there you have it. Our top 10 sleepers there, breakout players that we trust most among our third-year players. So... In order, number 10, Daniel Jones, Giants quarterback. Number 9, Hollywood Brown, Ravens wide receiver. Number 8, Noah Fant, Broncos tight end. Number 7, Damian Harris, Patriots running back. Number 6, Irv Smith, Jr., Vikings tight end. Number 5, Debo Samuel, 49ers wide receiver. Number 4, Deontay Johnson, Steelers wide receiver. Number 3, Miles Gaskin, Dolphins running back. Number 2, David Montgomery, Bears running back. And number 1, with a bullet, with his speed, Terry McLaurin, a wide receiver, Washington football team. Yeah, so that's great. Uh, we got through fourth year and third year. Uh, what would be next? Oh, second year. We'll get into those. And we might go a little deeper there. We have a lot of second year special talents to talk about there. So I think, hint, hint, we're going to expand from talking about just a top ten there. But here's your top ten uh, for third year. If you missed the top ten for fourth year in the breakdown, that was our previous show. So we roll on on. Locked on Fantasy Football, giving you the best advanced scouting here for the 2021 fantasy football season. Today on the Locked on Today podcast, why one NFL playmaker, not on our breakout list, Terry McLaurin, wants out of New England. His name is Nikhil Harry, so it's not uh, (laughs) Terry McLaurin at all, but Nikhil Harry, probably not on your fantasy football radar with all these other guys that are 
The third-year players we just talked about, uh, Nikhil Harry, far from that list, could get cut and now moved from the Patriots. Get more of the sports news you need in less time the Locked On Day podcast. Follow Locked On Day podcast on the Odyssey app where you ever get your podcast. Same deal here with Locked On Fantasy Football. For LOFF, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you on our next show as we look at the top second-year players to identify in your fantasy football drafts in 2021.